everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Wolverine Beat. It is Monday, July 10th. I am Brendan Quinn, here with Nick Baumgartner. Um, we are speaking into a microphone now, so little by little, two oh, years into the podcast, <laughs> we think we're getting it better. Yeah. Uh, we, we tried to get out of the room with the uh, ever-present ducks that are not not D-U-C-K, but D-U-C-T. Um, here too, there is one, but we'll I don't think it's it, as we'll loud. Um, anyway. So, uh, Nick and I are kind of in between uh, some vac- vacation time off here, but uh, we were thinking today. This was Nick's idea that we could kind of reset, um, kind of a reset of the Harbaugh era. Is what is what we'll call sure, this. I mean, just like uh, you know where where they came and how they're here, and right? Where they're going, I guess. So we get a lot of questions about um, expectations and what to expect or what's fair, what's not. So, right. you know, this is as good a time as any maybe to re, reset the whole thing and kind of recap of, for those who pay a lot of attention, those who don't, maybe where where they're at. So I guess maybe that's, yeah. I don't know what the best place to start would be. <clears throat> you know, you're about two months away from the season, so you're year three, he's 20 and six. I would say, like, my biggest question for you is when, when this thing started, when he got hired and that day that, I remember going back to the day waiting in the parking lot for the the white smoke to arise on whether Brady Hoke was fired or not um, to, you know, the realization that they might actually hire Harbaugh, they might actually pull this thing off. Um, from then to now, um, not what is the most surprising thing to you as, you know, the guy who has been as embedded mm-hmm. as anyone, but... What maybe what maybe defied some of your preconceived notions, or you know those basic expectations of things that you yeah. that you, you kind of assumed would be one way that kind of turned out another way. Well, I think the first thing uh, that always jumps out to me with this whole you know, you're looking at it from a two and a half year, whatever it's been, almost three years now um, package would be how quickly um, how quickly they sort of established a culture here because I think okay. people can lose perspective uh, very quickly and, and, and forget sort of what what was going on and, and I mean really to talk about how it started you have to almost go back to how it ended with mm-hmm. Brady and I know there's a lot of people who probably just blacked that out of their mind but you know when you were here you remember what 2014 was like and how just not you know almost just weak willed mm-hmm. uh, they were as a program I mean you know I thought that there was severe Severe culture damage inside your locker room to a point where not that you didn't have guys trying hard and working hard and you know they trained and they did all the things they needed to do in the off season and they were good kids and everything else but there was just this every time it got difficult they just rolled over I mean it was not much for them to just right. you know in a game I mean they'd come back the next week and give it another shot but anytime anything got really tough. They just seemed to roll over. There was just there was always an excuse, I, I guess. You mm-hmm. know, there was always something that was there that um, you know. We had guys telling us mm-hmm. that year that you know wins and losses didn't matter, right? I mean, in 2014 when they lost to Rutgers and all this stuff, and uh, so so I expected this to be, you know, given the roster, given all that stuff that first year, I you know thought they'd be six and six. And that's what I picked them at, and they were not. Mm-hmm. And so you know the. the the quicker that he was able to turn that tide around, I think sort of changed a lot of expectations, but at the same time, it didn't, it didn't, because at the same time you still had 
deficiencies that they were hiding. You know, they, they spent a lot of that year, you know, scheming around stuff. They hit a lot of their problems um, that obviously were exposed in other games. But I just think that that's the, that was the thing that kind of jumped this thing off faster. And I think that's why you have a lot of people who sort of scrapped that, you know, it's going to take a guy three years to get himself, well, number one, it is three years now and they haven't won yet, but I think that, that everything's been accelerated. Right. And it probably should have been. I mean, they spent they spent enough money here now, and they've got a, this gigantic staff and everything else. But when it came just down to football, I still think the most impressive thing he's done was his ability to come in here in the first six months, first nine months, change and establish a culture that had been gone and had been, had been absent for, you know, a decade. And right. so regardless of what happens moving forward, um, they do have that, and I think that that's important to note that regardless of what happens on your national scale or if they haul in national titles or if they're not getting Big Ten titles or whatever, they're now at least, at the very least, they've become a difficult team to play again, mm-hmm. which they were not you know, before. So um, that's always been the jumping-off point for me when you talk about any of this. It's, it's, yeah, they have an identity now, and I think at least you have that. There's a lot of teams that don't have that. You know, I, I think that they would. They in the first couple of years I was here, they always said the yeah. right things, and they always kind of carried this false moxie. They always, um, they still had this attitude, almost this. Yeah. Yes. We are going to be as good as Michigan is because we are Michigan. Yeah, right. Be good here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that it was this. Yeah. It just happened. Um, but then you and then you would see. Yeah, you see in like the fourth quarter when things went bad and they would all just turtle and yeah, that would be time. that would be yeah, it. And then time. Taylor Lewan would come out and yell at us at a press <laughs> conference about what it means to be a Michigan man. I'm like, what is this? Like, you sure? So, yeah, yeah, right. So, you know, there was that. But I, I think last year, um, I, I think the first year of this. They needed to learn how to kind of believe in themselves, and I think they did. Yeah. I think they needed to learn what hard work is, and they did. And yeah, this a- past year, this past year, they I think they had a shell. Now, you know, you take away with one game in Iowa, mm-hmm. and God knows what happens with that that season. But um, I just think last year that they 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 were legit. I mean, they were yes, they were a tough group um, of dudes, and and I think about that, and you know. Obviously, they had their miscues, and obviously, they had their problems. Sure. It was a missed opportunity and everything else, but, you know, they lost three games by five points. I mean, it's one of those things where maybe you look back on it and say that that was a... And now that's where we're, that's where they're at now, right? So it's maybe you look back on it in so, so many years and say that's something that haunted them for yeah. forever, or that's something that was the final whatever to get through mm-hmm. and, and bust through and become something different because all the guys that... Most of the guys... They're gonna play this year. Almost every one of them. They were on that team last year. They're right there. They saw what it, you know how close it was and everything else. But still, I always go back to the fact that again, there's an identity here um, that seems to be able to carry over, and that's multi-layered. In that, you know, we've talked about in the past days or past podcasts about you know we got asked somebody what was the biggest difference between the old recruits and the new and the current recruits, the guys they bring in. And I and I think. So the timeline is always sped up. The urgency is always sped up. Like I think guys know what that means now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they kind of know when they get here that if they're not hitting the ground running, then they're already behind. And you don't want to be behind here. Because if you get right. behind here, you're going to get left behind, and you're going to get forgotten, ignored, and you're going to be gone. And that's just how it works. And um, 
So, I mean, all that's been good, but at the same time, you know, I mean, you're also at another point here now where last year was last year. You lost all the NFL players you had. You had 13, 14 mm-hmm. of them. Guys that were brought here by a different coach, but at the same time developed by this staff. And I think, you know, we've heard a lot of those arguments of now he's got to do it with his guys, which is just this so hollow. And it's not a – it's said, but, you know, that's why, you know, casual fan wants to read these magazines in the summer that they all put out everyone loves I mean those are fine I guess they have nice little flashy pictures on them but you can't judge a football team based on numbers of returning and lost starters that's not how this works you have to look in deeper as to what it was and you can look back and say okay I got like Delano Hill just got drafted yeah if Brady Hoke and his staff had remained in power here Leno Hill was not going to get drafted, mm-hmm. okay? Like, that wasn't going to happen. Jeremy Clark was not going to get drafted. James Chesson was not going to get drafted. Um, and Gideon was not going to get drafted. I mean, we can go down the list. Yeah. I mean, just about everybody except for, what, Peppers, um, Taco, Wormley. Wormley. Maybe. Jordan probably would have yeah. got drafted. Yeah. Maybe Dar- I could see Darbo was like a seventh round guy. So I mean, there you go. Yeah. I mean, those guys were all here and they were talented football players, but they were not made into the players that they became until they worked with these guys. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's an interesting season for them because they've got a ton of. Ta- I think they're more talented than they were. I, mean, I do. I think they have more talent. It's just it hasn't realized what it's supposed to be yet. I think they're faster, all those things, but they don't. But they're at the same time, they're going to go through some of those battle, you know, growing pains and all those types of things. So, you know, I guess this whole conversation comes always back to what what are the expectations for the year? What do you expect them to be? And I mean, that's the hard thing for me to answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can spin through the whole season here if we want, but I mean, my expectations for them every year is to win a win a title. Sure. And I think that that's when you spend nine million dollars on a coach and you have the largest staff. America, and you spend more money than just about everybody. And the largest stadium, and the largest fan base, and not this, yeah, and, and then that. And, and you the, have people right. that support you to the end yeah. of time. I mean, and they do. I mean, the fans are just insane. I mean, they're there, rain, shine, whatever, and win, lose, whatever. I mean, they get upset, whatever, but they're always come back. They're there. Your support system is there. You know, and I'm not saying anything that Jim Harbaugh's not telling them inside the locker room. Mm-hmm. Or, or would say anything different to us. I mean, if they don't win a t- championship, they did it wasn't good enough, and last year wasn't good enough. And you know, if they if they don't again this year with with everything that's that happened, I'm sure he'll say the same thing. I mean, you know, next year, obviously, 2018, they're they're on paper, they're stacked up to be really good, whatever you want to call it. But that's still a year away. You never know. I mean, mm-hmm. this is this is here now, and you know, I don't know. Crazier things have happened, so why not? But. Uh, it's just an interesting reset, I guess, to just go go back and look and see the differences of what it was, what it is now. Um, but at the same time, I think it's all kind of the same too, because the, the expectations were hope were yeah just about the same. You got to win here. Um, job. I mean, so what do you what do you think are the baseline expectations for next year then? For twenty seventeen, for this season, yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, I looked at it the other day. So, okay, so the schedule is. You go through it and you say, if they get through Florida, which is that season opener. Um, which they will be underdogs? Which I'm point now where I'm going to have to pick a, pick a record or something, which is coming up on me. No, they'll, they'll be a favorite. Okay. Um, you know, Florida's, let's just do that. Let's just go through this. 
and see kind of where we're at and, and where they're at and everything else. So Florida replaced a lot. Yeah. They've got a brand-new quarterback coming in um, in Malik Zaire. I called him Deshaun Kaiser on a podcast not that long ago, like five times, and I got reminded that that's not who that is. <laughs> uh, so Malik Zaire is coming in. Uh, so it's a grad transfer quarterback. It's similar to what uh, Michigan had with Jake Rudock. And they're replacing a lot uh, as well. And they have, you know, probably some you know, some guys are going to have to step forward. So I think it's probably like Michigan, I think, was favored by three, three and a half. So it's going to push. Okay. You know, I don't know. It, I could see Florida winning that game. I could see Michigan winning that game. It's probably going to be an ugly game. It's probably going to be a sloppy game. And I would probably pick Michigan based on simply Jim Harbaugh against Jim McElwain and whoever's mm-hmm. making less mistakes. I didn't realize that's that a day game. Yeah, it was supposed to be night, but I guess it's three thirty. Interesting. So let's say you get three. Let's say you you beat Florida. Okay. Let's say you win that game in a slop fest. Mm-hmm. Week two, you've got Cincinnati here. Who is it? The Cincinnati of the Brian Kelly, Mark D'Antonio, Butch Jones era. Right. It is, it is the Cincinnati of Tommy Tuberville collapsed, fell apart, is gone. Luke Fickles coming here. That's going to be his. Presumably, second game he coaches, um, so they're rebuilding. In any other year, maybe I'd say with a young team like Michigan has, maybe Cincinnati can put a scare into them, but I'm not seeing that as much. So I think you can chalk that off. You got Air Force the next week, and I'm sure Air Force will terrify. Yeah, Michigan. I mean, they went. Someone will probably get hurt. They went. Ten, <laughs> they went ten and three last year. Went ten and three, beat Boise in their yeah. last game of the year. Um. So probably a scary game, nonetheless. Yeah. But I don't think it'd be one that I'd pick that they would lose. Yeah. Um, you probably shouldn't lose that game. Probably shouldn't, but... It's a service academy. You're a Big Ten program. <laughs> you are got back-to-back top five recruiting classes. Fair. You should probably win the game. Fair. So we're, now you're 3-0, and Purdue. You're right, though. That's gonna, that game's going to scare the shit yeah, out of people. It'll scare people. Yeah. And someone will probably get hurt, unfortunately, because every time they play those guys, it's cut block city and everything else. Right. So that's one where it's just like, why are you still scheduling this? Whatever, I don't get it, but whatever. Purdue, uh, yeah, that's a win. It doesn't matter where you play it. And then you got Michigan State in week five. I mean, that's coming up. That's a quick one. Early, and again, I mean, uh, we've talked about this before, too. I I can't sit here today and pick Michigan State to beat Michigan, given all the things that have happened. Interestingly, hold on, I'm going to backtrack here. Backtrack to Purdue. Can I skip over them too quick? No, Air Force. Interestingly, so they have a they have a bye week coming into that game. Air Force does. Yeah, they're playing VMI in their opener at home, and then they're off. So they got two weeks to prepare. So yeah, I mean, arguably they have their entire preseason to prepare. I mean, well, you know, uh, Don Brown spent time in uh, spring ball uh, scouting against the option mm. for week three. There you go. As he told us, very interesting. Uh, some, one of those days in Italy, he. Basically, I'm scared to death of Air right. Force. Right. So, so, and they've got all these new guys on defense, so they spent uh, that game, chunks of practices just about every time, I think, toward the end. That uh, game's also going to be played at 10 a.m. Mountain Time for them. So, yeah, I mean, you know. Although, I mean, it'll I, be, I'm assuming these are the country's finest young men. I think yeah, they'll be all right to play football I mean, at 10 a.m. It'll be, it'll be <laughs> one where they scare you and you'll be nervous. Yeah. And Cincinnati will probably be the same thing. Yeah. This is going to be, I think this is going to be more of a season that you saw in 2015, last year, when they're steamrolling these people, mm-hmm. right? When they're just, you know, the first, like, nine games of the year were just embarrassing for, for whoever they were playing. You're not going to see that again. I think Florida's an ugly game that you can get through. And if you don't, you don't. But mm-hmm. I think it's an ugly game. 
I think Cincinnati could be an ugly game that you get through. Air Force, same thing. I think Purdue should be probably pretty simple. I think Michigan State would be an ugly game. Right. Uh, just because, you know, regardless of their situation, I think Michigan State will do everything it can be to be competitive in that. And for all I know, Michigan State could be on its last gasp here in week five. Yeah. And saying, if we don't get something done here, then what are we even doing, right? So, but again, I, I get, I'd get them at 5-0 and at that point. Indiana on the road, Indiana's rebuilding. They lose that quarterback? Win. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. And their coach, Kevin Wilson's gone. Right. So, you know, the, so now you're 6-0, and and now here comes... A whiteout. Yeah. yeah. Now you're at Penn State. And to me, so you're 6-0 and going into this one October 21st. To me, this is where the season hinges. Hmm. Um, when I look at it on the, on the whatever, in that... If you can get this one, which I don't think it'd be impossible, of course, I don't think I'd pick it either. But if you can get this one, so you're six and zero. Let's say you get Penn State, you're seven and zero. Then you get Rutgers, Minnesota, Maryland. You gotta think. So you're six and zero going on nine and zero at that point. And you, then now you got gotta think with what that that Michigan Penn State game last year is not going to sit well. No, and Penn State, <laughs> uh, you know, returns a lot from a team that won the Big Ten, and we talked about that last week about how. Everyone wants to call it a fluke and everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they did win the league. They do bring back a lot of players. They probably have a lot of confidence going. I mean, could they stumble and not be the same Penn State that we saw? Sure. But it's a road game. I'm I am sure that's going to be at night. It's a whiteout. Penn State also coming off a bye. They're coming off a bye. Yeah. It'll be the game of the year for them in Happy Valley, regardless of what Michigan is. Even if Michigan's you know, four and two limping into this thing. And coming That'll be the biggest thing that they have. So And coming into that game, Penn State has Akron win, Pittsburgh win, Georgia State win at Iowa. Yeah, that's a win. That's a well, win. Well, I mean that could be one that they stumble on though, because right. I mean it could be Penn State you know, I mean we'll we'll see. I mean we'll see if Penn State's for real or not. I mean they were a slow building team last year, but again, you're not getting them early, you're getting them there at the end of the month. Right. In October, you're getting them a little later, I guess, so after Iowa, they go Maybe this is Indiana at home and then at Northwestern. And then a yeah. bye week and then Michigan. And, oh, Jesus. And they go Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State. See that? Penn State does. Yeah. So that's, that's their hinging point, too. But yep. I mean, for, for, for Michigan, this is where the season hinges in that, you know, you could be 6-0 and going on, 7-0 and going on 9-0 and here, whatever it is, if you get through this one, in that Rutgers, Minnesota, Maryland, and then in your next three with – Maryland on the road, and that's it. Two Rutgers, Minnesota at home. I mean, those are wins. Maryland on the road, I kind of think that's a win. You don't think you'll see PJ Fleck coming in, so rock and rolling, rock, know, rowing his boat right down. I mean, Minnesota got its brown stadium here a couple years ago. I don't see that happening. Uh, for, maybe PJ will get him going in a couple years, but maybe not right away. At Wisconsin, we're at right. So, well, the Penn State one's the interesting one, and I think that's where the whole thing goes. And I, I just don't think I would. I don't think I'm on today here on. July 10th, I can pick Michigan to win that game on the road because all the things we talked about earlier of you're building your culture, you've gotten better at a lot of things, but what's the one thing that still hangs over top of this place? Oh, I stay. You can't. No, well, that too. <laughs> you can't. They haven't beaten. When's the last time this, this team has beaten a good team on the road? A good, like a top 15 football team on the road. Well, I, I'm not going to it up. I have no idea. Because I think it'd take me 15, 20 minutes to look up. <laughs> Okay. It's been a long time. They have not beaten anybody of value on the road. None of these guys have, certainly. None of the previous class had. 
And, you know, I mean, I, I don't get into so much of that, like, well, 10 years ago you did this in the program, that means something for this for a team. Right. It doesn't, but that's still the last hanging thing here is haven't beaten anybody on the road at all. I mean, your road wins are... Last year you barely played on the road at all, and you lost, lost two of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so there was that. Right. I mean, the year before... Um, you lost at Utah. You, I guess you got the one. You got Penn State, who was slumping at the end of the year. So there's, there's that, but I mean, they weren't good. So again, it goes back to can you beat a real team on the road? And I think that's where it's like if you're can, if you're able to get a win there, then I think all of a sudden this team turns from a young team gets maybe sloppy and looks like it's losing itself at times to a team that all of a sudden now confidence is just pouring out. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's the whole. To me, that's the season. Whether it's going to go one way or the other, where it's you lose that one, you're you're probably fighting to get into a you know nine and three New Year's Day bowl. You win that one, things get crazy around here again because then you're nine and zero, and you're and now you got Wisconsin, Ohio State back to back. Right, and that's you know if I'm picking the season right now, I'm picking them nine and three because I'm picking a loss to Penn State, a loss to Wisconsin, and a loss to Ohio State. I will say that with the caveat of. Picking November football is impossible in the <laughs> summer. It's impossible in September, and it's probably possible in October because you don't know who's healthy. You don't know what's going on. Um, but I also know that playing at Camp Randall is incredibly difficult. And I know that the one thing that's been consistently you've been able to pick in November, in June, July, April, whatever, is that Ohio State's going to beat Michigan. Right. It's happened basically every year yeah. for the last, like, 15 years. So until that gets, you know, changed otherwise. But... I guess the, the long end of this whole exercise here is, you know, I've had people tell me that there's no chance in hell this team competes for a league title. Don't even bring it up because I don't want to hear it when they when they don't, when they fall short. I don't want to get rubbed in my face. Blah blah blah. And it's Will the Spades' fault? And it's blah blah. blah. <laughs> it's all this other stuff. But I mean, you look at the schedule. You just go blow by blow. I mean, there's no reason that they can. But at the same time, the, the same issues that they've had in years past. Are going to be there again. You're going to have to beat somebody on the road. You're going to have to beat Ohio State. There yeah. be two teams on the road. You're going to have to beat Ohio State. Do that, and you're going to be fine. Beat one of those two on the road and beat Ohio State. You probably are in Indianapolis, and you're good to go. So, again, it's that to me, that's their that's that should be their expectation. They fall short of that. They're falling short. This, this program is too invested to be just sitting around waiting for another year. Let's just wait for next year. Mm-hmm. And that's not a thing. So. I mean, you know, I don't know. That's a rough reset of where they're at going forward. I mean, we've gone over every single position. I, I just thought it'd be valuable, I suppose, to talk a little expectations. Yeah. In some longer form today. As far as we'll I can tell. News as time goes on. By the way. Yeah. Now I might have missed one, and I probably did because this can't be right. It November sixteenth, two thousand six, is their last road win. Yeah, that sounds right. Over. A top ranked team over a top twenty-five team. Well, it depends on what poll because I believe like the, there was one hang-up in there. Like I think they beat Illinois one year, like twenty eleven, and Illinois was like twenty-fifth in the coaches' poll, but not in the. Oh. You know what I mean? So two thousand six would be the last time they beat a real like they beat the, State there at night. Well, and, and, uh, and they won at Notre Dame. Yeah, so that was the last. N- time. Notre Dame was number two in the country. Right. That was the last time I think that happened in any capacity. And I've had, and again, I brought this up before and. Have said Jesus. they won bowl games. I'm like, okay, those aren't road games, no, not guys. Road, not a road game. <laughs> you know, like, it's not a road game. So, 
I mean, that's the that's what's hanging here. You, you haven't won a big you haven't won a Big Ten title since 20, 2004, and you haven't beaten anybody of value on the road since two thousand six. I think those are probably going hand in hand, right? So there it is. I mean, can they do it? I guess it's a bigger question. I mean, I what's the season hang on? Again, it's the same stuff we, we've talked about over and over again. I mean, I I think they have on paper the talented place to do this it's just a matter of will your quarterback be stable enough to get you through will your offensive line be stable enough to help him and will, right. your, will your back end of your defense be good enough to keep it all together right? Right. You know, and will Jim Harbaugh be good enough because there's the other question he was phenomenal in year one in, your, in his in game decision making everything else I thought he was terrific last year I didn't think he was I thought especially in those losses at the end of the year, you know, clock stuff, getting too cute with stuff, mm-hmm. substitutions at times were questionable. Um, I think this was a year for him to reset some stuff in his head. I think they need to change a lot, and maybe they have. So it's an interesting year. Last year was so easy to predict. Last year was so easy to see what was going on. This year it's not. Right. So many, it's not just because they have new faces and new places. I think it's also you needed to go back and reevaluate what you were doing, mm-hmm. how you were doing it. You know, it wasn't good enough, and um, that hasn't changed. But I suppose we'll see. But um, yeah, works for me. I mean, what will be the ten? What will be the tenor around here if it is nine and three at the end of the year? Well, I think people will be frustrated, and I think they should be. I think that, and I think that'd be fair. I don't think you know. I don't think anybody should be out there yelling at somebody if they're upset. But yet again, they haven't been able to do it. I mean, I don't. I mean, you lost guys. Great, everybody loses guys. It happens. Mm. You move forward. You push forward. I mean, I, I think people will be. I don't think they'll be furious, you know, or anything like that. I don't think people will be just like pounding the table demanding. But I think you're going to have a lot of pressure on yourself going into 2018. Regardless, you're going to have that. But then again, you have it every year. So. If you go through another season of nine and three, and you lost to Ohio State at home again, yeah, and you lost your two important road games again, yeah, I think people are gonna be like, "What the hell's going on here? Right. When is this gonna stop? When is it gonna when?" Like I keep always hearing, and I don't know, maybe it's the eternal spirit of like mm-hmm. the, the, the fan base around here, but it's like, when is when is this? We'll just wait until we get all the stars aligned. Wait until we get every single thing we need necessary to do this. Right. And it's like, how about you just go do it? You know, I mean, what, at what point, I'm sure that's what he's telling me, got those players in that locker room, like, you know, we can do this, you know, pull together, get a couple breaks your way, it's football. It's what happens. But if you're still sitting there with the same situations, if you can't run on the road mm-hmm. against anybody who's of, of note, uh, and you can't beat Ohio State, then you're you're no closer to whatever you think you are than, than you were before. So... Damn, th- I mean, I think, this... people, I think people will be up frustrated, but I think they should be. I mean, that's you know, any, you know, nine and three is not a bad year. Right, it's fine, but you know, you're not winning a title, and I think not winning a title should make you frustrated with what they spend here. I mean, that's just the reality of it. I mean, looking at that that Florida game has got to be as close to like a must win opener as, I mean, as you can really you come I mean, as they, you can really come upon. But they, when you look at because. That Penn State game's on the road because Ohio State is on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's what you gotta have. Yeah, and you gotta and, have that. Game. And the Florida game, the Florida game is your. Is the, I mean, I said the season hinges on that Penn State game. Maybe the Florida, maybe that's the one. 
Because I think maybe your expectation does change quite a bit. Mm-hmm. If you if you drop that one, because like if they well, if like, they well, lose that, I don't see them running the table or like no. I don't see them having enough to get, overcome so you, a loss there. Yeah, if you, you know? drop that one, then maybe it's like, well, geez, back to the drawing board here, right? And maybe maybe it is. Right. So it's tough to pick this. It's tough to pick this team. It's tough to it's tough to gauge what they should be, but. Um, Anything less than nine and four, people are going to be pissed. I, was, <laughs> I think I'd say, yeah. or I'm sorry, nine and three. Yeah, because I was going to say three, you, eight and four, people you, are going to be pissed. You lose to Florida, eight yeah. and four is in play. People are going to be pissed, right? Like that. right. I don't think I'm. I think most people, even those who are who are leaning on the hard on the fence, if I would never criticize you, or whatever, mm-hmm. would tell you, yes, I'd be pissed if they're eight and four. Yeah, ten and three, ten and three, eight and four. Ain't what people thought was no. happening no, here no. when when he rolled into town on that no. white horse, no. right? So. Yeah. You can make a, I mean, that's the biggest question to me is when, when does it, I mean, I know what, I know what the situation is inside the program and that's, and it's fine right now, but an, an eight and four or seven and five or something like that, when, when are these excuses right. go away? Right, right, this, It would get, it would get I have a hard time hearing, I mean, if they're eight and four and they're struggling, of course... A struggling Jim Harbaugh in November would be fascinating to watch. Yeah, <laughs> to see what he said. But I'd have a hard time. Maybe that wouldn't be coming from him, but answers from other people. Well, we're young. Well, you weren't young in the summer when you told me there weren't going to be any problems. Mm-hmm. Well, you weren't young when you signed all these guys and you said they were going to do whatever. And you mm-hmm. weren't young when you mm-hmm. said that there's no excuses around here anymore. We're trying to win a title every year. That's the expectation you set for right. yourself. And people, are, I mean. I think people are going to be pissed if they're well, 9-3. Especially because nine, nine three on, be the, on the flip side, if they do do this, they go 11-1 and one or something like this, they're so young yeah. that then you then you, the trajectory would be this place is going to be rocking and rolling. Yeah, and I think Bill Conley know? wrote this the other day, and it was a good good point. Um, guy does a lot of – Bill Conley does a lot of uh, deep dives on college football for, I believe, SB Nation now, and he's done some other stuff. Uh, in his big preview, and it was basically like, it's hard at a place like this to curb expectations because it's just not fair. You, they are what they are. They're first of all, they're not fair to begin with. Probably they're just crazy high, but that's just that's just what the job dictates. Mm-hmm. So they are what they are, and it's hard to it's hard to to, to really reel those back. But at the same time, reality is reality, and this is probably a team that's going to go nine and three, and that's probably not going to be good enough in some circles, and that's fine too. Uh, and he said something along the lines of he wrote. So, if you'd like to continue to uh, make your can't do any better than third place in their division, can't beat Ohio State, Harbaugh's overrated. If you'd like to keep those memes going on on your Twitter profile, you better do them now because this team is probably going to be good enough in two years to erase all that. And that's another conversation for me. That's another conversation for another day because it's two years away. But I mean, I can't see the merit in that. Mm-hmm. You lost. 20-some starters last year, they're all going to start this year, and they're all going to come back the year after that, except for, like, a couple. But what, whatever, you're going to have your whole team back in 2018, and regardless of what happens this year, you're probably going to be ranked very high with a very high expectation, and you probably deserve it, because, I mean, this sure. is a very talented base of players, and once they get experience... They're going to be right there rock and roll, and is that good enough to beat Alabama and Ohio State? That's the next question. But this is a big year for them. This is a year people are overlooking. But this is a year where it's like you have to, you have to be able to carry that water forward and continue, you know, pushing. Ohio State doesn't have nine and three seasons, mm-hmm. right? Alabama doesn't go nine and three. 
what do you want? You know, where do you want to be here? A bad year at Ohio State's ten and two. Unacceptable. Not going to the ACC championship game is a bad year. A bad year at Alabama's right. on a ten right. and two. It's unacceptable. Missing the playoff. Unacceptable. Right. Ninety three here this year would be acceptable only because you lost your entire team and it's only the third year into this. Sure. But anything after that, anything below that is, in my opinion, should be unacceptable. There's, okay, so Florida, Penn State, Wisconsin, Ohio State. Those are your four right. whoppers. Right. You should win one of them. Well, and here's the thing. <laughs> okay. And here's the thing. If you look at trajectories of a program, right? Yeah. No one started lower than Penn State. Right. Nobody. That yeah. program, they almost boarded up the windows, almost man. Yeah, like, right. that was as bad as it gets. Right. Um, Michigan was bad, never that low, and if and if the trajectory of the Franklin mm-hmm. rebuilding Penn State somehow, yeah, passes yeah. a Michigan program that hired the Lord and Savior and all this stuff, I mean, it would just be kind of it would be mind blowing for for people to accept here. I get a um, lot of questions about yeah, like when are people when would at what point would people start? I get. These questions come from people outside the area that are Michigan fans. What would it take for this for the for the fans to turn? Yeah, and um, I still think you're a ways off. I think it's a ways off. That. I think, um, and rightfully so. And rightfully so. Yeah, because um, he has done a lot of the things we talked about earlier. But at the same time, I think people would. Yeah, again, it's like I, I, people have been asking me a lot of these questions, and I think they're asking me like, "Is it okay if I'm upset? If if they're not." If, if another year ends and they've lost to Ohio State and they've blown to the two big games they have on the road and they go to the Citrus Bowl and beat right. Auburn or something like that, and I mean, if, you know, 10-3 again or whatever, you know, is it okay for me to be frustrated at that? And my answer to that is yes. Sure. Because when you flip it over, Jim Harbaugh and all those folks inside that building will be frustrated about the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They would not be That's, happy. They would not be not comfortable. Be they wouldn't be anything. Right. Right. Um, and that's the reality of it. So that's a broad-based look at it, I guess, of expectations and whatever. We can get more into that. But I thought maybe today would be a good point as we're in the middle of nothing and nothing's going well, on. Well, there ain't a damn thing happening, right? Get a, get a grander. And as time goes on, we can get that, – that's just a baseline. As time goes on, we can get into more detail of right. player by player, position by position, everything else. But uh, Position breakdowns. All those things. Yeah. So, that would be fun. We do have questions uh, today uh. as well, so – yeah, we do have some questions, but before yeah. we do that, I have to go run and get my laptop charger. So we'll have a message from uh, our sponsors here. Okay. So if you can pause that. Okay, we're back. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> All, right. All right. You got questions? I got questions. Yeah. Right. Well, this one actually kind of feeds into what we're just talking about. So let's okay. let's start here. Um, what do you believe is the biggest one or two things Harbaugh is missing to make Michigan elite? And do you believe he will get there, as in make it an elite program? One or two things are... Um, it's a good question. Yeah, uh, still... Offensive line? Still an offensive yeah. line. Yeah, jeez, yeah. Lou. I mean, it's like every <laughs> It's the offensive line, and, you know, for them to be elite in this offense, I still think your quarterback has to be... Of like really high level uh-huh. caliber, and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of tiptoed. Uh, Wilt Spake put on the uh, Maxwell list or whatever today. There was a lot of this tiptoed criticism of him because these fans these fans on Twitter don't want to come out and actually say that they don't like him. 
mm-hmm. because have a, because he might get proven wrong if he's good. You know, so there's that. People are couching it, but there's still questions, obviously, of whether or not he can, you know, push himself forward and become one of those, you know, types of players that's making all the throws and not missing open guys and that sort of thing. I think you need that, obviously. Right. You need offensive line. Um, and somewhere between Wilton Spade advancing and Brandon Peters elevating himself, uh, they probably do have that. I don't know when that arrives, uh, but I think it will be. It will arrive at some point. Um, and the offensive line, I suppose, is the biggest question. To me, that's it. I mean, that's what you need. You have a lot of speed. You have a lot more speed than you had. You got, you've gotten more athletic. That wasn't Michigan's problem last year. You know, that we, you know we've talked about that in the past. But they're, they're too slow. They weren't fast enough. They weren't fast enough to compete with Ohio State. And no, uh, right. they had Ohio State on skates for a while there uh, for, for, throughout most of that game. Speed wasn't really a problem. I mean, I mean, could they be faster? Sure. Are they like Alabama fast? No. I mean, they can always prove that, but I think they're much faster than they've been. Um, their offense has been stagnant against good teams, and I think that's what it, that's what it is. I don't think it's mental. I don't think it's a culture thing. I think it's basically you know get your linemen in here, get a, settle on a quarterback that can make those plays. And I think that's what you need. That's it. Simple. As yeah, that. I think dom- dominating I think, up front offensively. I think your defense is in pretty good hands. Yeah. With with. Maybe, maybe the best coordinator in the country, or one of the top couple, right? So, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want to play football like this, the way they do it, this power game, I mean, mm-hmm. your offensive line has to come through, and they have to do it every time. And they can't fold right. against good teams. It can't be one of these things where you rush for 400 yards against some bum, and mm-hmm. then the next week you're, you're just you're stuck at 50 in the fourth quarter. Right. You know, I mean, we've seen that so many times, and they just can't. I would say the other thing, um, and this might be this might be my number one thing because I think it speaks to getting an offensive line to that level, but is when you have such a talent level and such depth that you're just bringing in five stars, and, and they're yeah. and they're either just red, they're, they're either blatantly yeah. redshirting or they're barely playing and they're just. All in the, you know, it's a factory. Just at the That's what Alabama field. does, you know, or these yeah. places they get these kids, you forget about them for two years, and then you're like, oh, by the way, they have this NFL player who's going to be playing this yeah, year because right. he's been sitting here and he was behind another NFL player. Right. Like, I think that's the biggest gap. That's hard to get to. Oh, yeah. yeah right. But, I mean, that, that's the question, though, of, of that, elite, you know, how to yeah. be elite. That's, that's it. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, and I mean, and that's, will they get to that level? I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know about that. I mean that's really that's hard. so difficult to get to, yeah. um, and there's really only two two teams in the country that have that, and um, they're two pretty unique places. Sure. So I don't know, but I, I think that in order to compete and beat them, and even a one-off, you know, that's what you need. If you have a great quarterback and you have good, I mean, you know, hell, if Michigan had a, a good offensive line or above average offensive line or more than just whatever they would have beaten Ohio State last year they would have been mm-hmm. in the Big Ten title game and they probably would have been in the playoff that's what it was yep. forget the Wilton Spade stuff that's what it was it was the offensive line and I know that he's going to get all the whatever and he's quarterback that, that happens and he can be better sure yeah. Yeah. but how people immediately forget what that offensive line did and didn't do last year is beyond me because it continues to just be mm-hmm. you know Brandon Peters wasn't on the basketball watch list. He's the better quarterback, even though you've never seen him play in an actual game, right, of course. Right. It doesn't matter. If Brandon Peters is a quarterback and he's getting ear-holed, yeah. what's that going to do for a guy who's never played before? I mean, it's it's all on the offensive line. The whole thing, That's the whole offense is there, mm-hmm. right there. And 
Every time the chips were down last year, they were terrible. Florida State, terrible. Ohio State, terrible. Iowa, embarrassing. You know, get your quarterback hurt against Iowa, who was like four and four at the time or something like that. You lose that game. So that's that to me is still the the biggest thing. And you, if you can get back to that, having really good linemen come through, and I think they're improving. But I don't know. You know, I think their talent level is better there. It's just not seasoned enough, and that's unfortunately for them the one position where you really do need time to sort of let that season in gel. So I suppose we'll see. All right, uh, Dave. Oh, here we go. Uh, according to some random Florida blogger, UMM's <laughs> defense will fold against the powerful Florida offense should Michigan just forfeit the game. No, I would tell you guys to just take a break from Twitter for a while. Stop reading nonsense. Uh, Matt, what are the chances... Chris Evans wears rec specs in a game this year. <laughs> Probably pretty good. Um, some of these are not great. Come Come out, out, coming out hot this. here. Uh, Mason, everything coming out. Not from Ann Arbor recently. I said that Michigan is overrated. Their deep, young defense can't hold up, et cetera. Thoughts. Okay, you guys are all feeling well, here's, the, here's the thing. I don't know what this means. Here's coming the thing. Where? Here's the thing. Well, I know like Phil Steele said it or whatever, but here's what the thing. Say? He apparently said they're overrated. I don't know. I mean, they probably are. They're probably not the number 10 team in the country. Well, I'm sorry and to here, break your heart, here, I mean, here's the thing, though. At, at this time of Jesus. year, people, at, like, these are the lists that are going to be made. Who's overrated? Who's yeah. underrated? Who's this? Who's the sleepers? This, Bob. All these things have to be attached <laughs> to teams. So, Michigan's by far the easiest program to say, mm-hmm. to poke holes in right now. They've lost... 15 NFL players or whatever. Yes. I mean, obviously, if you're going to pick a team that's overrated, someone has to be overrated. Um, this is the easiest yes. group to circle. Oh I mean, if you're, going to, if you're going to rank Michigan 10 or something like that, right. yes, that's, they're, they're probably overrated right now at 10. There's nothing to go on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How is that unfair? Right. I don't, yeah, I'm sorry. That's not unfair. I, that's my thought. I, I mean, there's nothing's proven. Sure. And I just went through a whole thing and said I think they're probably a nine and three team, and I think eventually they probably get better at the end of the year than they were at the beginning of the year. But at the same time, I can't say that. We've just said I can't pick it. Mm-hmm. Everything's on the table for them. Well, Ten and two's on the table for them. I don't know if eleven and one would be on the table for them. Ten and two, nine and three, eight and four, seven and five. True. Things happen. So, no, they're not considered as a lock, but at the same time, that's why it's difficult here, because your expectation always is to compete for a league title, and if you fall short of that, you fell short, mm-hmm. and no matter what your record is, short is short. Yeah. So that is what it is, but I mean, I don't know, I mean, if guys are making lists in July, and they're looking around and saying they lost, but again, it's, it's hollow looking, of course, but at the same time, you know, you're supposed to just take a who, flyer I, on all these guys? I mentioned sleeper. Who would be your sleeper in the Big Ten? So so take out It could be Michigan. Well no, take out Michigan Penn take out Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. Uh Iowa, maybe. Okay. Just because they're to uh, Iowa. They just added a running back uh, from Nevada who's very good. I mean Iowa lost some guys, brought back some guys. They play in the West. Which is just awful. Yeah. Um, I think Nebraska would probably like to be in that conversation, but mm-hmm. to me, this isn't a sleeper league. This is a this is an Ohio State program. <laughs> you know, it's like it's any is anybody going to be good enough to beat them? Right. That's the question year in and year out now in the, in the league. 
it's not, you know, to me, the, the sleeper team is like, what team is going to maybe creep up there and get a better bowl than you thought? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily be a threat to win the, win the league title. To me, the threats to win them, what are the, so that's a better question for you. What's the, what are the realistic threats to Ohio State? What are realistic threats to Ohio State right now? What games could they lose in the Big Ten? I'd have to pull up their schedule. Yeah, let's say they play Penn State, did, Michigan. Where where do they play? Maybe. Well, Penn State's at home, obviously, because yeah. they played there last year. And Michigan's at home? Michigan's on, they play Michigan here, so Michigan's on the road for Ohio State. I don't know if they play Wisconsin. Those are it. Those are it. Who else has beaten them? Who yeah, else could conceivably beat them? I don't them? see it happening. Right. right? Like, uh, I mean, okay, so... They're opening the season at Indiana. That's weird. So they, okay, so they got at Indiana, and they got they're playing Oklahoma at home. They're playing Army. They're playing UNLV. So at, at Indiana, at Rutgers, versus Maryland, at Nebraska, versus Penn. They got Penn State at home. At Iowa, versus Michigan State, versus Illinois, at Michigan. Wait, what's their best non-league game? Oklahoma at home. Oklahoma. Okay, I missed that. Sorry. So they don't play Wisconsin. They're in the in the league. They play Indiana. On the road, Rutgers on the road, Maryland at home, Nebraska on the road, uh, Penn State at home, Iowa on the road, Michigan State at home, Illinois at home, Michigan on the road. I'd say Iowa and Michigan. They're not losing at home. No, that's a good point. So, so Penn State's Iowa, probably off the table. It's Iowa, Michigan. Yeah, and, I, and Iowa, Penn, Iowa, and Penn State beat Ohio State. It's going to be ripping eyes out of heads. Sure. To say that Iowa would be beating Ohio State. Sure. I think. But it's there. Will, will they make yeah. it a night game? Probably. Yeah. It's one of those you never know. Getting stadiums weird like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, no one's picking that. They're just saying it probably could happen. And no one's picking Michigan to beat them either. They're probably saying it probably could happen. Those are the two conceivable games that they could lose. Yeah. So. We do hear a lot of that, like, what's the spoiler team in the league? Eh, there's no spoiler. There's none of that. There's no sleeper team, whatever. This is a, the, whole, the whole league right now is trying to figure out how to beat Ohio State. There's nothing. There's no other question. Mm-hmm. That's it. Period. For, that's, that's the same for Michigan as it is for Indiana. How, what are we going to do to get there? Because they're there, and they're the clear-cut, you know, whatever. Yeah. Michigan State has fallen apart. They are gone from that conversation. Because for a minute, they were there, too. They're now gone. Now it's just Ohio State. It's the big one and the little 13, yeah. whatever you want to call it, or whatever it is, uh, on some level. Hmm. Um, okay. Grayson, when will people stop questioning Harbaugh's handling of the quarterback position? It's like questioning Dwight Schrute's knowledge of beats. That is a pretty good point, Grayson. <laughs> when will they stop questioning his handling of the quarterback position? Yeah, I, I, you know, I do cite on that side of the fence of, until proven otherwise, I'm having a hard time picking against his judgment with who the, who the mm-hmm. quarterback is. I'm sorry if some dude on his couch in uh, Arkansas thinks that thinks that in his video game mind, Brandon Peters is an All-American <laughs> and Will Spade's a pot of crap. But, you know, you're not there every day, and he is, and he's got a pretty good track record with it. So when will they ever? I think it's difficult for people, though, because that's just the constant go-to, right, is the well, that quarterback sucks, who's next? Right. And regardless of who the coach is, so I don't know. It's not helping that Brandon Peters is really talented. <laughs> I mean, it's not helping this conversation, but I guess we'll we will find out uh, going forward. Um, you got any more there? I do. Right. Um, I have a couple of hoops ones, if, right. if everyone doesn't mind. 
Um, interesting one from uh, at Air Jordan. Uh, more likely to be on an NBA roster when the regular season starts this fall. Derek Walton Jr. or Trey Burke? Man. You know, I saw that um, Trey was getting like, I don't know if this happened, but the Magic were interested in signing him for two one-year deal. Which Derek's with the He's Magic with the Magic, now. yep. Oh, jeez. I mean, which means that they would be competing in preseason for one spot. They're yeah. not They're not going to have four point guards. No, especially, they, the Magic didn't sign him, did they? Two six-foot point guards. No, I, all indications are that Derek will have every opportunity in the preseason to well to, no, to get a spot. Sign Trey Burke. He's still, no, yeah, no. Here we go. Trey's taking shots at Utah apparently on uh, Twitter, so that's good. <laughs> he needs anyway, to just sit back. Yeah. Um, man, I mean, I really love the way that Derek is playing right now. I watched him in a few uh, few summer league games, and he is he is the guy from March. Mm-hmm. Like that is who he is as a player. It's not, that was Good not a moment. that was not a mirage. That was not a guy who was, you know, kind of hot and and at some because at sometimes it seemed to me watching him, obviously having covered his entire career, the last half of last year, I couldn't tell if he was like in a fever dream. Or if that's, or if he was actually that good, you know what I mean? Getting the night sweats, right? Like, because sometimes it was just inexplicable, mm-hmm. uh, just how much better he was than a guy that we watched for three and a half years. Um, but watching him this summer, he's at that level. Um, he is a much better shooter than Trey has ever been in his career. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, that's I mean, fair. Trey's just he's. Not proven himself to be an NBA caliber three point shooter, and I, I believe I mean, he's Derek, not proven himself to be an NBA caliber point guard. Absolutely, fair, right, yeah. right. Um, where Derek walks in the door and he can go out and make 40 percent, mm-hmm. probably. Um, so Derek's a better athlete than you, I mean, there's a, he's got a lot going yeah. for him. I mean, I, it's crazy, but if I had to take a bet on this question today, I think I would say Derek. Yeah, probably, but he's younger. He's so, younger. He's got more upside because yeah, he's, he's younger. younger. He's cheaper. Yeah, it's significantly cheaper, right? And so, I don't know what's going to happen with Trey. He's apparently taking shots at teams on Twitter today, uh, and he doesn't have a job. So, <laughs> I guess we'll find so, out. But it has not gone well for him uh, at all. Uh, I got to think somebody will probably give him a one-year shot. Someone will. He, he will land somewhere. This might be it right here. You know, do it or don't. You, you know, know, the, the question is going to be, he'll be somewhere in the preseason, but. You got to think there's a chance that they just say we're not interested. You know, once that actual season begins, that's those are two different things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just he his whole career has been. I mean, he had a decent rookie year, and then they changed their mind, and um, it just hasn't. And he hasn't done anything to change it back. And no. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, I think he's been frustrated with he hasn't been able to play much as much as he'd like but it's like okay well you haven't earned it then yeah. and I think he probably knows that too so I guess we'll see um, you want more? I got yeah some. go for it if you could pick any disgrace from uh, our guy average father if you could pick any disgraced former basketball coach to speak to your company why would it be Bobby Knight and oh. how many people would he grope? Well, all right. I'm, I'm going to change this question a little bit. How about this, Nick? Of any disgraced, and I use that term loosely, 
disgraced former coach, prob, you know, uh, troubled ex-coach, whatever you want to say, that you could sit down and split a 12-pack of beer with and, and, and get into it. Disgraced who, coach? Like a guy who got fired you know, or, or just like cheated? Or how bad is bad here? We'll just say any ex-coach. Any ex-coach? So anybody been fired? Any guy with a past, you know what I mean. Split a six-pack with... Uh, 12 pack, 30 pack, whatever it would take, whatever it would take to get down. Whatever? To. Yeah, right. Oh, man. Um, Rich Rodriguez would be interesting. Hmm. Um, around here, I'm just trying to think of guys around here. Because I think he'd probably tell me the truth more than he wouldn't. Um, right. <laughs> he'd be interesting. Right. Uh, other guys in other situations. I feel like Chip Kelly would be interesting. Uh, Kelly would be interesting. He's a total (laughs) weirdo. Yeah. I think he'd be interesting. Um, Basketball. I'm trying to think basketball. Well, of active guys, if I could sit down and have beers with any active coach, it would be Bob Huggins, and it's not even remotely close. (laughs) Because that guy, that guy's got stories on top of stories. He's a great storyteller. Uh, He's funny as hell. So it would easily be him. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say John Chaney because that's a good time. But I've ar- I've actually already had done that I've, I've had six beers with John Chaney yeah. before. Um, what about a guy who'd been fired? You know, I, I was thinking so you like I would kind of like to crawl into Dave Bliss's head. Uh, no, I just to do it. Oh, I would. I mean, that'd be fascinating. Um, another oh, one would right. be that like I I want to talk to someone who just blatantly cheated and just didn't give like a Jim Herrick a guy like that mm-hmm. and just be like just, just be like just tell me just tell yeah. me you know of the first what time the, the first time you were just like yep yeah. let's do <laughs> I'm it going down this road <laughs> I don't you know, I'm back yeah, yeah that's a good one yeah I mean that would be that'd be pretty fascinating um or like Kelvin Sampson um or you know it'd be a good one what about Steve Fisher Fish would be a good one, but I don't know how much he would. Probably nothing at all. Actually, take it to the grave right here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be a great one. We'll sit down, sit down, and uh, talk to Barry Switzer about what was happening back oh, in the God. day out there in Stillwater. Jimmy Johnson when he was getting it rocking. Jimmy Johnson's rolling. my answer. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. That's a good my one. Um, That's a good because one because I keep seeing his Twitter account, and I don't even like fishing. But Jimmy Johnson is like an avid fisherman, and he keeps posting pictures of himself, like with like a. Dolphin on the end of his like fishing pole. He lives down there in like I don't know, for the Florida Keys or something like that. But he'd be he'd be fascinating to talk to you about a variety of different things because he's seen he's seen it all. Right. You know the crazy cowboys. The oh yeah, yeah, that's good. Teams. That's pretty good. Yeah, and he's a fantastic coach. So yeah. that'd be interesting. If, if Tarkanian were still alive, oh, yeah. he'd probably Tarkanian be my, he'd probably be my number dead. one. Um, what? Um, that was that was fun. Nick asks, so here's a technical question for you. How do you judge route running? Uh, what are the things you're looking for? Is that a good one apart from a bad, bad one? Have you got any answers? You're, ask, you're asking me? Well, he's asking the question. He's asking me this, but I'm going to ask you. How do you judge route? I know my answer. Route you, running? Yeah. Whether or not he catches the ball at the end? No. <laughs> for, for someone who doesn't know anything, yeah. the guys who time their turns correctly seem like the ones well, that stand answer. out the most to me. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the... The one that I would say you judge it based on a couple different things. The easiest one, the easiest one is knowing where you're going. Yeah. Um, and you can tell when a guy doesn't know where he's going. You can tell when a guy is 
rounding off his yeah. cuts, so to speak, yeah. where, you know, if you've watched a guy like Amara Dargo as a fifth-year senior and rewound it back to when he was a redshirt freshman, you're probably seeing two different hmm. situations, right, where a guy's, instead of, you know, he's running, a, he's running a post, let's say, instead of making that hard break with a shoulder, you know, everything into it, instead of doing all of that, he's rounding it off and kind of just swaying toward the middle of the field, right? You watch a high school kid run a route, and it's just, sometimes you don't know what it is because they're just running, and they're faster than everybody, so it doesn't matter. Um, so rounding off your your, your cuts, uh, not being you know precise with your feet, I mean, it's so so detail-oriented at that point, at that, at that level, to get where you need to get to on time. And then the other one would be, to me, I can usually tell and I'm not an expert, but I can usually tell if a guy knows what he's doing or not by how he breaks off the line. Mm-hmm. You, I can watch. You can watch guys in high school, and they do the old. And you, I see this so many times in these, in these camps, in these summer camps, and these like big factory summer camps that are great. I mean, they're good for the kids to go out there and do that. And a lot of times, they get a lot of it. Obviously, it's not real football because they're not hitting each other, but whatever. Uh, but I don't know how this is allowed when you see these guys line up a receiver and you see them. And they get to the line, they have that false step. You know what I'm talking about? When they, when, when the ball snaps and they start, they start in with this like, and you can't see me on at <clears throat> home, but they rather than starting right into a route like a track athlete right out of a block, they do the old like stutter step and they like shake a little bit and then they give a fake and then they go. Right. Rather than engaging, first step right off the right off the block, engage physically and then make your move rather than just this dance. Thing. Yeah. You know, so you, I see that a lot with high school kids, and you watch them do that, and you think. They're going to have to be ripped completely apart when they get in. Right. And obviously they're physically talented, but that rubber running is trash. Right. I don't need to see the rest of the route. That's trash. If you're at the line of scrimmage doing this, I mean, if you're running like a fade on the goal line, fine. You mm-hmm. don't have much time. You got to get going. But if you're running an actual route in the middle of the field and you're doing this dance stuff, like get the hell out of here. Like that's <laughs> like usually you can tell right off the shoot if, if a guy's knows what he's doing or he's just running around. Mm. So that's the difference. It, you're either running around or you're just running around. Right. And I think that's maybe the best way to, to describe all that. This one from Stu Douglas. Oh, God. <laughs> Who has the better bar scene, Ann Arbor or East Lansing? Well, it's wherever Stu's at. It's, that's the answer. <laughs> wherever Stu's hanging his hat from the stories that I've heard. Um, wherever Stu's I mean, at. I, listen, I've never lived in East Lansing. I obviously spend plenty of time there, but I, this is not even a question. It's, no, it's, it's Ann Arbor, Arbor yeah. by, a, by a country by a mile. Good, by a good margin, I yeah. would say. Yeah. I don't think many people in East Lansing would probably argue with that. No. Uh, I'm still actually looking for some go-to spots for when I'm up there, so if anyone out there listening has any uh, suggestions, I'm, I'm all for it. You're all for it. Still can't find one? From our boy Nezzy. This is a good one. Has a QB ever been named to the Maxwell watch list and not won the starting job? <laughs> <laughs> So there we go. Um, no, probably not. That's Maybe great. though. You know what? These these watch lists are they're so big. Uh, that's a good question. I I bet you you uh, now you have some, a project. Yeah, I'll bet you somewhere along the way that's happened once, twice maybe. Um, From at the Dan Bell, Dan Bellinger, uh, best in stadium arena buffet. Berkeley Center. Oh, hell yeah. Brooklyn. Great answer. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yep. Like a private chef in there. Or yes. Like that that place is amazing. Um, you have to pay for it, but whatever. It like doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Uh, from at I am Stefanzonia. 
good enough. What is the most aggravating thing you deal with in your job? Follow up. Who is more consistently irritating? Our own fans or rivals? There's a lot going on here. What is the most what? The irritating what is the most thing? aggravating thing you deal with in your job? Oh, dealing with Michigan. I mean, <laughs> when, when they don't want Michigan. to deal with you. Yeah. You know, that's the – there's nothing you can do. You know, and that's the thing where it's – because that's the aggravating part is there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. If they decide they're going to be babies about something, I can't make them not do that. And then dealing with all that comes after that, you know, why didn't you get that answer? Where – why don't – why don't you ask this? Yeah. Why don't you ask that? And it's like, well, we did all that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they just, I can't, not being able to put someone in a headlock and be like, please right. cooperate with me is the most difficult thing yeah. or aggravating thing to me. Uh, it always has been and probably always will be. Um, regardless of what moods people are in or whatever, they can always turn on a dime and say, you know, we can walk into a media day and be told 30 seconds before he walks up there that he's not going to be talking again for the next eight weeks or six weeks, whatever that was, four weeks, I don't remember. Yeah. Going into a submarine. Yeah. Okay, we could have used warning on this, right. you know, that kind of stuff. You know. Yeah, I mean, when I say that, I would agree that it's dealing, like do whatever you want, dealing but, you with, know, with tell us what's going on the here, programs. Um, and mine will always be, you know, until there's more access, um, you know, my most aggravating thing is that we don't That's get access to practice. Um the seats suck at Chrysler. If we're going to be, yep. if we're going to talk about things that just annoy me. I think but. You, can, you can wrap it all up into dealing with their paranoia, and that's yeah. what it is. It's paranoia. Yeah. I mean, it's it's constant um, overthinking of things, and it's just yeah, it's just that it's paranoia. I mean, they, we've been told before, like, and I've got this before, like if if we let all you guys into practice, I'm like, who said you had to let all of us guys into practice? Mm-hmm. Who said you had to let every single person with a recorder yeah. into practice? I don't remember asking for that. Correct. I just said, why don't you let, you know, that's a different wormhole for a different day, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. What the hell was the second half? Right. Follow up. Who is more cons- consistently irritating, our own fans or rivals? Well, I get it from both, yeah, so. I don't know. And at, th- at this point, it, once you do it, long, once you do it yeah. long enough, that stuff just kind of rolls off. Um, from Gretchen, what's your what's your and Nick's favorite band or song to listen to while working out? And she included a gif of Dwight. <laughs> well, not Dwight's band. Mine's the Rolling Stones. Who you got? Uh, Tool. Yeah, appropriate. Although I did see Third Eye Blind last weekend. The Thursday were you Friday. at that show? Uh, I know a couple people who were at there. Uh, Pine Knob or DT, rather. How was that? It was good. They played um, they, they 20 just... years since they released their uh, self-titled yeah. debut. So they played the whole thing cover to cover, the Third Eye Blind album. The, one the only one that people would want to hear? Well, the one that people remember best, right. yeah. Um, so they played the whole thing cover to cover. A couple of the songs, too. So it was cool. All right. Look at you getting out there. Uh, from Chris, BF Quinn gave his something about the hybrid car and organ set to remind him about his second one. What's his second there a story? One? You had a second story about your trip out there where you left the car running and all the gas ran out or something like that? Oh. I don't know what story I was referencing. But I got a lot of stories. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> um, I think that's it. 
Yeah, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Well, that'll do it for this week. Um, we uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Uh, hope everyone had a good holiday. Hope everyone has a great July and uh, take some time off. Are we going to be around next week? When are you back? Yeah, maybe Tuesday next week. I won't be here Tuesday. I won't be here Tuesday. Well, we'll see. TBD. For those listening, I'm going on a golf trip up north, and I'm really excited. So uh, if if my uh, stories this week are a little uh, disinterested, I'm not exactly fully <laughs> engaged in the job right now, if you know what I mean. But uh, no, I kid, I kid. Um, so, yeah, maybe maybe Wednesday or Thursday of next week. So it might be a little bit delayed. Yeah, sure. Um, but all right, that'll do it. Uh, be sure to subscribe in the iTunes store. Be sure to leave a review. Uh, do all that good stuff. We appreciate it. And uh, we all want that sneaky little peek. We all want that Wolverine beat. Oh yeah.